sank the dark clouds deeper and ran the wild moon hunting alive with fur and feather as omen apparition we left the moon suspended and leapt back onto the ground Good evening and welcome to the Antipodean Arts Podcast, episode 35. We want to take this moment before we begin this podcast to acknowledge country, to acknowledge the First Nations people of this land. And I also want to take this episode just to um, acknowledge the First Nations peoples of the world um, who are currently fighting and surviving despite everything that the world and colonisation has thrown at them and that I honour their strength and their wisdom and here in this place of Kurilpa, of the Water Rat, I feel blessed to sit and speak and share this knowledge and stories um, in this place. I want to acknowledge that ancestors and the elders from the past and the present and those that are still coming and those that are still growing and learning. And I send love and blessings to all of my brothers and sisters all over the world. Thanks, honey. Thanks, babe. Um, It's fully spring. Fully. It's fully spring, mate. It's fully spring. It's fully sick, mate. Yeah. Um, you were you were in Toowoomba. I was. And how was how was spring up in that region? It was real. It wasn't Brisbane real, where mm-hmm. you get maybe a couple of um, I don't know frangipanis flowering and and your jacarandas. Mm-hmm. It was like proper bulbs blooming and tulips and um, foxgloves and all sorts of crazy European mm-hmm. plants and. Um, it was really lovely and cold and crisp at the same time and the orange blossoms were out and the jasmine and the lavender and it was a bit overwhelming. It was very heady. Yeah. There were huge um, native trees, lots of bottle brushes on the property where I was at and one of them at one point was just th- humming, like throbbing with thousands of bees, mm. thousands, and I just stood in front of it just transfixed. Um for I don't know how long. So, yeah, I've been on another planet for about four days. It's well, yeah, been really you wonderful. Were in, you were in Jarrawah country. <laughs> I was. Yabal country. That's a profound – It's. I think it's naturally profound and obviously yeah. that – I mean, we'll talk about it more next episode. So yeah. So we kind of have to reserve it for that. But I do – I think of it fondly except for the <laughs> – except for the <laughs> most of the current incarnation of human society. So. Yes, and we'll, we will talk about yeah. that. But, yeah, so, no, I've come back from, from that, so – um, and I've been off offline. I've been off grid. That's good, honey. For for four days. So. And your fingers are like meticulous tonight. Look at those rings. Yeah, I know. But all of my goodies on. Yeah, yeah. I'm into them. Yeah, feeling good. So how we about ha- yourself? Oh, okay, okay. Me. Um, Me. <laughs> well, look, I I think it's interesting that I, you know, so I've been back living in this region for a year and a half, and before that I was in Melbourne, which has very like distinctive, noticeable shifts, although it's also wackadoo. Um, But, you know, so 
I have noticed though that there are subtle, because I'm practicing paying attention, there are subtle shifts here. Mm. Like I've noticed that the silky oak blossoms have started to build. Yeah. I've noticed that, yes, the tips of the jacaranda are uh, uh, purpling. I, um, I have noticed the activity of bees lift. I am seeing certain honey eaters I never see except mm-hmm. at this time, like the blue-faced ones. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing them fighting with, um, I was swooped by a butcher bird the other day. And that was really scary. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the bird life has just gone martial and I, and just, they're all, you know, building their nests and constructing and um, attacking mammals and the, and the possums are fucking. And, yep. and, and if you yeah. haven't heard that listeners, it's, it, it sounds like this. Australia. <laughs> <laughs> and then. Yes, and then the running. In the, in the and then the roof. trees sound like they're crashing down to the yeah. ground. Yeah. And then it sounds like someone's killing someone. Yeah. <laughs> there's a there's a demon in the tree outside. Yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting time. Also, we have, yeah, killer birds. So yeah. I, something the size of like a small crow that's black and white we call a magpie here as well as butcher birds, yeah. which are a bit small but still lethal. They're really scary. They like to swoop for your face. Here in Queensland, and um, my partner's take dad your eyes had out. blood running from his yeah, head. Yeah, people don't. <laughs> when the I had Americans my friends out from Canada, like, they were like, "Yeah, they do what?" And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah." They're like, "They look really scary." It's really I'm scary. Like, yeah, except but this is how we. Except for those we, of us who grew up here, we're like, "Yeah." Look. So when we grew up, you know, you'd ride your bike to your friend's house, and you would draw eyes on the back of yeah. your stack hat, oh, your helmet, an ice cream bucket. Ooh, nice. <laughs> So yeah, this is what we grew up with. So this is this time this of the is, year is this is swooping season and um, scary time, mammal fucking season. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, we've anyway. got a beautiful. <laughs> this is a segue for the beautiful guest we have here tonight, <laughs> who also grew up in Australia, <laughs> coincidentally. Indeed. Yeah. So this is Kim Fairminer, who I think I probably met about fourteen years ago at some like pagan ritual experience weekend and I had already known um you know Sandra and and um had known the the cover the circle coven and so like this is this is how I know Kim because I would you know talk to peeps um at the we'd all get really drunk and (laughs) and we were it's true it's true people drinking in a coven I mean well this was like this was like a combination of covens and solitaries and groves and I love it and it was honestly, I was talking about this the other day. It was like, it was, there was stuff going on. There was some substantial stuff going on. And also it was a pagan piss up. Love it. Like there was that element as well, which was one of my favorite elements. <laughs> <laughs> and anyway, I think you were into astrology then. You must, you, you must've been into astrology for ages. Yes. Yeah. So the reason we finally have got you on here after, after stalking you for a while. Yes. And I've been online stalking. This is our first time sort of hanging out in person. So mm. I feel as though I know you. Yeah. I've <laughs> so, like stalk you a little bit online. I listen uh, uh, intently to yeah. what you have to say. And I also at Eclectica and Crystal Earth, we were uh, selling your moon yes. guides, your ma- uh, maps. Mm-hmm. At one they point. were like a once time. A thing. one, one off thing. I used and to And that's sell how I was introduced. Too. Yeah. Cause it was so good. And I had it on my own fridge. So that's sort of, yeah, how, how I met you. So it's nice to finally meet you in person, have you here. But you're an incredible witch and an astrologer. Astrologer extraordinaire. And I'm excited tonight because as I was saying just before we came in here, I really don't know anything about astrology. I know enough to get me by. 
Um, but it's it's probably my Achilles in in my practice. So I'm really excited to hear what you have to say tonight. It's great to be here, and I'm not sure what I'll have to say. Tonight. Good, good. No, that, we don't either. That's the point. We just just free flow. Go yeah. for it. <laughs> is is that because you're a Gemini? <laughs> Could be um, lack of preparation, flying off the cuff. No, um, that's great. I work conversationally, so yeah, yeah nice. this is good. This is good. Good. So let's just off the bat, like, what is <laughs> what is astrology, as you understand? It? All righty. Um, I see it as so. Time's normally measured. But time has a quality. So for me that is what I'm looking at when I look at an astrological chart is an assessment of the quality of that moment. Like what's here? What can I do with it? What's this good for? Um, And every moment has a purpose and because we can track the movement of the planets, we know the quality of a moment in the past. We know the quality of the moment right now which I haven't actually done the chart for this moment, but it must have been okay because I'm here. <laughs> and we can track I'll the – Ooh. Oh, we're, we're so it's tech probably, savvy It's probably now. a program that you don't like, but I'll bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> we won't tell you. I may have opinions on that. <laughs> well, we can't talk because I brought um, an astrological uh, – laminated chart. This is my cheat sheet for tonight mm-hmm. to ask you questions. It looks comprehensive. It's also available at uh, Crystal Earth, just a little spruik there. Um, it's got both Western Vedic and Celtic astrology listed here on Chinese. What is the difference between those things? Well, I think that's what shows us um, why astrology is so universal and so meaningful because mm. almost, almost, I would say every culture every time um, for millennia mm. um, has looked at the stars and wondered. They've looked up and seen omens and seen changes in the world around them reflected in the heavens and on earth and these have been followed and tracked. I mean it's there's something innately human mm-hmm. about looking up to the sky and seeing resonance from as above, so below. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's within us. I mean, you know, there's, I don't know, some kind of scientific stories about uh, the stuff that we're made we're of made being of from the stars. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Ah, mm-hmm. oh, and there is the chart. <laughs> For this place. Yeah. Mm. Right now, Aries rising. Yeehaw. Mars. Let's have an argument. <laughs> so what I did see when I was up in, in Toowoomba was what I think was Mars very red, very bright, just above the horizon mm-hmm. and extraordinary. I've never seen it so red. I don't know whether it was the altitude, the, the, the coldness, the atmosphere. last week too how <gasps> oh red it was. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I was like, that has to be. And very close, like very Yeah, close. yeah. Yeah, Mars is um, red. Saturn has a brown dull light and um, that's why they're classed as malefic stars. Mm-hmm. Um, Venus and Jupiter are very bright mm-hmm. and after the moon they can be the brightest star in the sky, so that's why they're classed as benefic stars. So these things are seen as positive mm. or negative omens and over time various stories and cultures have overlaid phenomenon on Earth with the appearance and um, interactions between those stars with certain phenomenon and you know, this goes back like 4,000 years to mm-hmm. um, 
oh, what's that place, Mesopotamia? Mm. Um, Like it's a long time. And then those ideas got married with um, what was going on with Hellenistic Egypt and like it's a great big melting pot of human civilization that comes together in the form of Western astrology. But, you know, that also overlaps with Vedic astrology and, you know, the astrology that's practised in um, other cultures and periods that kind of coalesced in that um, Eastern Europe, Western Asian kind of vortex Mm. um, where, you know, so many ideas were met and exchanged through, Mm. you know, conquering. and Trade. Yeah. Yeah. So... I know enough to know, so I'll be really vulnerable and open and blunt. And and about two and a half years ago, I was like, I must start to pay attention to astrology. Like that, like in my practice as a witch, this is now the thing that I need to do. Mm. And I, and I started to look around and started to figure out what would make more, most sense to me. And I have a lot of friends who are very serious, traditional astrologers and some who are very serious Hellenistic astrologers and some who are very serious Renaissance astrologers. Right. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, cool. (laughs) Um, I don't know what that means. And I also have a friend who's a Vedic astrologer. And so I knew enough to know that they were all distinct and, you know, and, and, and like their approaches seem so philosophically sometimes disparate and opposed Mm. and they argue a lot, but I'm wondering like, (laughs) but like witches and occultists, right? It's like, there's a similarity. There's a lot of arguing. Mm. Um, but I'm wondering then like with your, like, how did, I'm interested in how you learnt your way and how you kind of arrived at this place of having it central to your life? Sure. So, I mean, much like my witchcraft, which I sloppily call eclectic, mm-hmm. I would class myself as an eclectic astrologer. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if that's a, a word people use. Trad astrologers, I think, can be a bit like trad witches. Mm-hmm. Um and eclectic kind of modern practitioners of witchcraft and astrology can be a little bit loose sometimes. So, like, my practice is somewhere in between. Mm-hmm. Um, I first learnt with a local astrologer, so I'll give a shout-out to Babula. Mm-hmm. Um, she she um, is amazing, a humanistic um transpersonal astrologer I would class her practice but very much in the modern vein so um I came to traditional astrology after attending the QFA conference in oh must be around 2000 something whenever the um QFA had their conference in Brisbane last I attended a lecture by a traditional astrologer by the name of Ben Dykes and um, walked out of that lecture um, with the rug pulled out from under my philosophical framework. Um, Things, the philosophical backdrop of astrology is really important when you get to a certain level of study. It, um, it forces you to ask big questions about your existence and the way the world works and mm. about the interaction of fate and fortune. Um, so a lot of those kind of naive new age ideas about, oh, I create my own reality. and Or um, what is predestined and what is yeah, to happen. You can't just like do whatever the hell you want to do. Mm. Like, you know, you can pluck any idea out of the universe, but um, you can go with the flow of, you know, the astrological energy, the Mm. flow of time, or you can try and push shit uphill. Mm. Yeah. Um, And knowing what you're doing when um, is kind of important to living a a good life, um, getting the most out of the lifetime and the fate that you've been offered. Mm. Um, 
and you can't deny the circumstances of your birth. You don't get to choose your parents. You don't get to choose your place of birth and the society and the culture into which you've been born or when that happens. And there's a lot below the surface of your um, conscious brain, the things that, oh, you know, I am this way, the things you decide about who you are. A lot of that's already predetermined and I think that's where a lot of fate comes in. And, yeah, the edges are where you can play Mm. and astrology helps you play with that. Mm. Much like witchcraft where we're there, just we just tip the scale a little. We uh-huh. work with nature as opposed to. Absolutely. Get. Like, I mean, try holding back a tidal wave. Yeah, right. Mm. So let's talk about Librans because I want to talk about myself. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a Libran thing to do? Yes. Love it. Okay. <laughs> so all I know about being Libran is that like the only thing I ever read or hear in, you know, like most things is that we're indecisive. That's like the only thing that people tend to say. I haven't gone much deeper than that. What else is there? <laughs> I don't I, I don't think that's the – I want more than that. That's oh, not so all the qualities more. we have. You're ruled by Venus. Well, well, Libra is ruled that. by Venus. Yeah. That's one thing. <laughs> so you haven't heard about the singular most important thing in your life is relationships. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm feeling really red, feeling <laughs> exposed here. Yes. Yes and no. Um, <laughs> Libra, the sun is not strong in Libra. Libra is an other-oriented sign. It's also a cardinal air sign. So what Libra tries to initiate, and that's a word for um, the cardinal signs, which are seeing some action right now um, because of what's going on in Aries and Capricorn and um, Cancer's also involved there. But that's a cardinal cross. Libra starts stuff. What Libra wants to start is airy topics. So socialising, conversations, exchanging ideas. Mm. Like Libra's not like the pussyfoot that people think. That's true. Yeah. Like sure, they'll, um, you know, tie it up in a pink bow because they're (laughs) right That is so real. Is it pink? Well, it's multicoloured. Yeah. (laughs) It's whatever your favourite colour is, darling. (laughs) Whatever's going with the decor. Yeah. Um, so Libra will deliver a shit sandwich tied up in a pink bow. Oh, I can do it. So real. Mm-hmm. And expect a thank you. Fuck yes, we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this podcast is like helmed by a Leo sun and a, and a Libra sun. It's pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I wish we, I, I can't remember. I know we looked at your chart once. Yeah, with Lily. Your rising and your moon is gone. It's all very, yeah. yeah. I think it was very, I do remember that, um, what was that you just mentioned then, the cross? Oh, the cardinal, cardinal cross. That I had a big cardinal cross and there was all sorts going on. Um, but, yeah, I need I, – this is maybe my time that I'm going to to start studying it a little bit more and, and thinking about it more because it's been coming up in conversation with, with um, Theo and also with my friend Lily who's who's quite knowledgeable about it. Well. She's amazing. Um, so, yeah, I think to learn more about who I am as a person and as a witch – that it's very important and it's like the last thing I haven't really, not the last thing, there's so much to learn in magic and, and in it's one uh, of the science, big things, but it is it? one of the very big things that, that I should know more about. So um, what what do you sort of sense at the moment in, in terms of what we're seeing reflected in the world and also uh, in the stars? Honestly, I am laying low till December. Really? <laughs> um, 
Mars is retrograde in Aries, squaring up against like the heavy hitting planets in Capricorn, which are um, Pluto, Saturn and Jupiter. They've been all over 2020. Um, Their fingerprints are all over the shit show that's um, 2020. So Mars is kind of picking a fight with them right now and that lasts until mid-November. Trying to start anything right now is just kind of like – asking for trouble. Like if you've got something on your plate and you're looking to like move a mountain and push through some serious stuff, um, you can use that energy. But I, I, conditions aren't easy right now. Conditions mm. are challenging and, you know, I don't know, like you're probably not going to win the lottery. Like, you know, you might land your dream job, but it's going to come with a ton of responsibilities perhaps that you're not fully prepared for. Like there's like things happening that are going to cause you to push yourself beyond where you are. It's not comfortable. Mm. Mars and Saturn aren't comfortable planets. They don't. Mm. um, You mentioned that they were often considered to be the greater malefics. Yeah. 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 So they're malefic planets. They, they force you to grow because Mm. you have to, whereas um, Venus and Jupiter generally deliver things that, um, you know, humans would choose um, and go, yeah, sign me up. I'll Mm. have more money. I'll have Mm. a cupcake. Like they're like instant yeses. Mm. Whereas like you want to climb that mountain? It's a kind of a hot day. You really mm. you think you've got what it takes? Mm. And um, you've got shit shoes. Yeah. You you should have thought about that a week ago, dude. You didn't like, pack. You've got no compass. You're gonna get blisters. Yeah. There you're are not, snakes on this mountain. Yeah. <laughs> are you fully cut out for this? Yeah. yeah. I'm not having I've got we've got corona bodies. We're not ready. Mm. I'm not fit enough to take on anything like that right now. But you know what? You rise to this challenge. By the end of it, you'll be damn fit. That's true. Fit for anything. So this is kind of like this awkward um, testing time that we're in. Mm. What, so this is a bigger question that I really genuinely want to ask. In Is there a consensus or even a conversation right now that probably is amongst practicing astrologers regarding the possibilities of uh, relief in 2021? When Saturn and Jupiter move into Aquarius, um, there will be relief. Um, I'm wondering, though, because Saturn will be moving into square Uranus in Taurus, this is getting heavy on the Mm. lingo, (laughs) um, that 2020 is not going to be like, you know, sunshine and rainbows, but um, a change is just as good as a holiday. So I think... When there's the the great conjunction of um, Jupiter and Saturn in Aquarius, that there'll be more space. Um, Capricorn's a very kind of closed in and constrained sign, even though um, Capricorn is ruled by Saturn and so is Aquarius. They take different approaches to that Saturnian boundary. Um, Capricorn operates within sort of a more conservative, restrictive Saturn and Aquarius goes, you know what? I'm going over here and I'm starting my own thing, my new structures, my new way of living, new rules, and eventually that new way of doing thing becomes the old way of doing thing and so the cycle sort of, you know, begins over again. But because we're going from an earth sign which can feel um, somewhat heavy and slow moving and it's just kind of weighty, um, this current Capricornian energy, and the air that's coming in through Aquarius, an air sign, will kind of let us kind of, I 
I'm like throwing my arms out and like stretching up. There's like a, a lifting from the, the downward feminine sinking earthy side of things to the separative dispersing energy of Aquarius. So mm-hmm. that's the that's the shift. And we'll be able to move more from, you know, if you think earth. Sure, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Well, let's hope we see it in in, ter- in a physical term as well. That we the well, maybe, yeah, that more around that kind of the world. hit my intuitive like yeah. layer and went, oh, maybe Travel, there'll be some space still within the the constraint, I wonder. Yes. Like, like maybe new guidelines, yeah. new innovations with travel. Yeah. Like things like that, which still makes me want to stay put, I must say. <laughs> um, because I'm like, mm. um, so yeah, you mentioned that new lingo, we're throwing lingo around, which that's true. So <laughs> what are some of like the fundamental, like if you were sitting down with someone and they were like, hey, tell me what are the bones of this thing? Mm-hmm. Like, like you know, which I, you know, I took your, um, I think it was a six week course at that time. I think now it's an eight week course, yeah. but um, you, you would, tr- you transmitted the, and facilitated the knowledge of here are the foundations, right? Mm-hmm. And by the end, you should be able to have some confidence if you're following along of how to read this natal chart. So like, what are some of those bones? So astrology, basically the fundamentals are, built up of signs and generally everybody knows their sun sign. So everybody's got all 12 signs. So if there's a sign you hate, that is part of you. <laughs> you that slash. is good to know. That is yeah, good to know. like whoever you don't like, mm, yeah, flip that mirror around. Always got a little piece inside of that. Yeah. And the planets um, sit in those signs and then the position of the planets relative to the time of day you were born and the place. So you've got signs, planets and houses. The planet that was on the eastern horizon when you were born is very important. Um, That gives you a ruling planet. Um, That's my way into the chart is through that um, planet in, sorry, the sign in the east and the planet that rules it. If there's any planets there in that first house, that's important to me. Um, Yeah, and once you can combine sign, planet and house, you get a reasonable sense of what's available to work with, what magic is afoot in the moment. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, obviously some planets move slower, some planets move faster. Um, following the moon around is a really practical way of um, getting in touch with the flavour of a sign and any slower moving planets there at the moment. Um, Uranus is in Taurus, so getting a feel of how Taurus works and how Taurus has been changed by the presence of Uranus there. Um, You can tune into that once every month when the moon's going through that sign. And, you know, the same with all the other signs. It's just a good and, like, nice, easy kind of, I don't know, if you're into tarot, it would be like a daily spread almost, um, just sort of learning that way. Mm. So the moon for me is um, pretty critical. I think that's where um, the witchcraft side of things seeps in because the moon's a trigger, Um, because the moon's different from the other planets in all the other planets go around the sun, whereas the moon goes around the earth. So we have a special relationship to her and it's to do with embodiment and our um, ensouled experience on this planet. So 
when she pings a planet and when there are eclipses, um, that's a time to pay attention and tune in a little bit deeper and like listen to what your lived experience is telling you about your relationship to those larger cycles. So for someone like myself learning more about it, that would be a good way to sort of begin because I have a close relationship with the moon. Yes. Yeah. So learning about what um, sign the new moon is in Mm -hmm. and the full moon is in and getting into that pattern over a year in particular. Yeah. Um, also the eclipses as well, they're um, particularly lively. <laughs> yes, mm. I sense that. And a good trick that I learned with this before I really studied astrology is that the full moon of, of you know, so if it's a full moon happening in Leo, it's always going to be the opposite sign, right? So it's the full moon in Aquarius. But the new moon or dark moon in that sign will be, this, will be the sign. It will be dark or new moon in Leo, Okay. Yeah. So wherever the sun is, the full moon will be in the opposite sign. So to get a full moon in Libra, you need the sun in Aries. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense, as you said, as mm. above, so below. And also, I think it was you who said this to me, the planets have jobs to do, um, the signs are how they do it, and the houses are where they do it. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a really good kind of like simplification of, you know, what you're looking for. Again, like a tarot spread, you can think of houses as a, um, you know, position in a spread. Like this is what it relates to. The The first house is about you, your body, your personality. The fourth house is about um, your ancestors, your family, your home. Seventh house um, is relationships, 10th house career. And, you know, all the other houses, and there's 12 of them to match the 12 signs, um, you know, have a story to tell. Yeah. And that's the slippery slope. <laughs> it is It is the slippery slope. Once I started to grok and comprehend the houses, I was like, here I go. Like, I'm mm-hmm. like, this is really cool. And it's I a just rabbit went, hole. Yeah, I just went vroom. Because then I started to look at the other ways like, you know, originally when I came in, I was coming into a psychological modern lens, which really wasn't the place I would have gone if I'd known. And um, and I was like, oh, cool. And then, you know, in that lens, I know that the modern astrologers are always applying like Aries is the ruler of the first house. Taurus is the ruler of the second house. And I was like, what? Yeah, no. Yeah. Steer clear of ABC astrology yeah. or cookbook astrology, Aries, Mars and the first house are completely separate things. And, you know, that I think before traditional astrology was so accessible, that's the way many people, including myself, um, came to astrology. And you get a lot out of it. I think it's um, helpful. Absolutely. Because, I mean, you are counselling people, so you need to kind of, I don't know, learn and understand, but to really get a specific answer and find out what is really going on um, or to respond to like a question, like a horary chart Mm -hmm. um, or cast an electional chart, you need to be able to like separate those things and get more detail and nuance about um, the chart that you're looking at. And you Mm -hmm. can't do that if you've kind of like mashed together, um, you know, Taurus, Venus and the second house. They are separate. Yeah. formula will get you so far, but it will also confuse you as you want to go deeper. Yeah. Like I feel like it offered me a perspective, but I quickly, one of my friends who's an Hellenistic astrologer, he urged me really quickly to like dump it because it'll become a crutch. He was like, Mm -hmm. it'll become a crutch. So just like leave it. And I, and I just quickly kind of, and I was only new in, so I could just drop it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Start fresh. Yeah. I really mm-hmm. am very happy that that happened, <laughs> but it's, it's true. I've, you know, that, that the accessibility to traditional astrology is more recent. Yeah. So that brings me to wondering about like, like, like I have all these uh, tropical astrology, sidereal astrology, and some people even do astronomical astrology, which um, takes into account 
the thirteenth side. Oh, oh my God, that's Aries. That's Aries on the ascendant. There you go. You want me to rant about that for you? Really? Yeah. Yep. Yes, we do. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Tell us about that. So we mentioned the cardinal signs earlier when we were talking about Brody's chart. The cardinal signs are anchored to the solstices and the equinox. So it divides a circle into four. You can't, you know, and they slice them up into 30 degrees each. You can't just go, oh, like we're just going to like jam an extra piece in here. Um, Like you can't divide 360 by 13 nicely. The thing with, and I mean, you can't divide the year by 13 nicely, really. Um, The Moon may have like 13 full moons if you're lucky, depending on when it falls in a month and things like that. But it, Western astrology is anchored to the equinoxes and the solstices. Yeah. Vedic astrology moves their 30-degree signs with the constellations that are associated with that sign. Mm. The constellations themselves do not occupy 30-degree segments. So if we were going to say that a sign is a constellation, we would have to completely abandon the 30-degree segmentation. Mm -hmm. Things would get really loose really quickly. There's actually one star of Ophiuchus or whatever the fuck he's called, um, it just makes me mad because it's um, generally introduced by people that don't have that um, fundamental understanding of why the signs are anchored to the seasons on this planet. And Aries is always starts at the equinox. Libra always starts at the equinox. Cancer and Capricorn always start at the solstices. It just doesn't happen. Um, I wish I could draw a picture and get a whiteboard out. <laughs> and get all crazy like that guy so in the think, meme. Do you think the mis- the misconception is that people when we when we when we are saying astrological signs the zodiac we're not we're talking about something really ancient that is that relates to observation of the constellations in the tropical sense but maybe isn't the same thing. It comes back to those philosophical questions. Some astrologers believe we are getting kind of like radiation physically from the stars. And I think perhaps that makes sense and I think that's more the Vedic approach. I don't speak on behalf of Vedic astrologers because I don't really know Vedic astrology. I do Western Tropical. In Western Tropical, the 30-degree sign is a description of a piece of sky. What is in that piece of sky could be a constellation, it could be a planet, there could be a comet passing through, Mm. an asteroid, there could be anything out in that piece of sky. But the objects in that piece of sky move Mm. and they move over incredibly slow cycles like the precession of the equinoxes Mm. and like really quick things like the moon and um, comets and things passing through. So it's static anchored to the movements of the earth around the sun. Yeah. This might be a really silly question, but I'm going to ask it. As the universe expands and as the sky changes over our history, that obviously affects the chart, right? That affects what you see in what portion of the sky at what time. I. But it's obviously it happens so slowly that perhaps we don't. 
So one of the things that comes out of traditional astrology is the idea of the visual connection between the human eye mm-hmm. and bodies we can see in the sky. We can't see Uranus, Pluto and Neptune in the sky. So we have a different kind of relationship to them. It's more distance, less personal. So things further out than that um, and, you know, yes, the universe keeps expanding but I think there's a bit of this kind of, um, oh, you know, what's the next most exciting thing? Like what's the new thing that we can throw into a chart? We can do asteroids. We can, you know, mess around with Ophiuchus and like get on that thing. Um, So there's that need for more information, but there is essentials Mm -hmm. and that is the seven signs. Yeah. Sorry, the seven planets that we connect with visually. Yeah. Um, So we have a personal relationship with them. I mean, when we started talking, you mentioned about how amazing it was to see Mars Mm. in the night sky Mm. and you connected with that. Yeah. You can't connect the same way with Uranus yeah. because you can't see him with the naked eye yeah. and the galactic centre, meh, cute, but you can't connect with that because you can't see it. Right. It's interesting and yeah. it can add nuance to a reading if you're really like kind of going into um, that sector of the chart for whatever reason, like you might have, I don't know, the galactic centre in your 10th house for some reason. Yeah. But, you know, you need a reason for going there otherwise it's just like kind of like a speck of dust on an otherwise clear bench top. Hmm. <laughs> I'm I'm just trying to take it in. This yeah. is all like a new language to me as well. Yes. In a way. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> so so we were talking before about you were talking before about the um the signs, the houses and the planets. So what about like the like the mutable cardinal fix? Like can you speak a bit about that? Sure. Cardinal signs start things. The thing that they're starting relates to the element. Um, A fixed sign likes to hold things. So they maintain. I think of um, creator, maintainer and destroyer. Mm -hmm. And I say this as um, somebody with a fair degree of mutable in the chart. Um, Mutables let things go. Um, They release, they pass on, they don't kind of hold things. So each um, modality of the sign. It's a reaction to the sign before. So Aries is a cardinal sign. It starts things up. Taurus tries to hold that energy. Gemini's like, you know what? We're going to release it. Mm. And then um, Cancer starts that process again. Um, But in a different element. Absolutely. So we go from the cardinal fire of Aries to cardinal water. So they're starting different things. Mm. And that flows all around the chart. In a predictable pattern. A beautiful pattern. <laughs> and like that all like that all to me, like that was like good layering. I was like, oh, it's just all the patterns, patterns, mm-hmm. patterns, patterns. Like the polarities are patterns and then the elements are in a predictable pattern and like the the yeah, the the modality. Sorry, mm-hmm. I forgot the word. So like I have like my my rising, my moon and my sun are all fixed. Mm. <laughs> and I have other things. Of like course. but uh, but though I always notice that. I always notice they're all fixed yeah. in different elements, but they're all fixed. And I think, yep, that's true. That like that's a big part of my modus operandi mm-hmm. that I hold, that I sustain. Yeah. And you don't change your mind. I don't change my mind very easily unless mm-hmm. you can, like I often get people like my conspiracy theorist acquaintances. That's what I'll call them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like I am, I will you say. You mean friends of the show? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do not. Um, 
So like if, if, if I have if I have an acquaintance here talking to me about mm-hmm. the conspiracy theory, I will go, yeah, please tell me. And I will I have sat with people for hours mm. silent. And if and I'll give them the opportunity to to persuade me. Right. But if but if it's wrong <laughs> Yes, I like. I have a very established sense of what is going mm. on, and that's like probably one of my fucking shadows and growing edges. But also at the same time, I do like. The, I feel like all the fixed signs are loyal too. I don't know if that's true, but I get this sense that there's a loyalty to fixed signs. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That we're like, we know what we like, and we're gonna just be with it. <laughs> like I'm the same. Yeah, you you might have a lot of fixedness. Who knows? Yeah, we'll have to yeah. get into it. Yeah, well, I think it's time I did it. Yeah. Yeah. Down the rabbit hole. I might. Yeah, here we go. Well, you could you could talk to Kim. I know, please. Because like, yeah. Kim does this for a living and is very good at it. Um, so with a natal chart, like what what are you doing when you are looking at that? Some of some of you've already said, but what's going on when you as an astrologer look at a natal chart? I like to go in with a question because essentially, I don't know, the person's just kind of like opening their trench coat and going, take a look what I got here. And it's like, there's a lot to see. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Look at my inside. Yeah. Well, you know, some of it's appealing and easy to talk about and some of it's really, um, you know, soft and vulnerable. So I generally work from the premises. I try not to answer unasked questions. Um, people have stuff about their families, but if um, they're talking to me about their career, we're going to talk about their career. Yeah. Um, you know, and if they want to thread something in, um, you know, and I might make an oblique reference to, you know, childhood experiences or something, but that's not why they're here um, talking to me. Like, so there's a container, a framework, and I think I have a lot of the um, – psychological astrology and, um, you know, those counselling skills to thank for that. Whereas traditional can be really kind of, well, see what's going on there. It's like a, you know, a bit of a stabby knife and it doesn't necessarily have that um, humanistic nuance around that and um, a willingness to empower the client. So if I'm doing a natal reading, that's, I'm I'm there to serve the client. Mm. Um, I also do some temple whoring through a (laughs) online chat line and that is rather different a lot of people um you know come to those services and they want to know you know will I get laid will I get paid um so that's more of an opportunity to give those short sharp answers um because that's what they specifically want to know about um so you know, you can do things like find your lost glasses um, through horror astrology. You can choose a day to open a business through electional astrology. You can, um, you know, explore your relationship with your parents through, um, you know, natal astrology. You can explore what's happening um, while you're, you know, you and your boyfriend are like, you know, at each other all the time. Like how long is that going to last for? Astrology can help with that. There's a lot that it can do and almost nothing that it can't do. I was thinking, um, as you were mentioning before, uh, the influence of things like comets or sort of Mm. one-off phenomena in the sky and throughout history how that has simultaneously been reflected in what is happening to humankind or what is happening to uh, civilizations. Yeah. And do you know any in particular that you could talk about? Um, I think one was discovered a couple of months ago, Neowise. Mm-hmm. Um, 
random things happening in the sky are rarely good omens. <laughs> um, I folklore, it's generally associated with Disaster. disasters or, or, you know, the tower. Yeah. Or yeah. The, thing, yeah. the death of a monarch, the death war, of, yeah. famine, like all the good stuff. Yeah. Um, and I guess some more new age style astrologers would probably seek to put a positive spin on a comet being discovered for the first time in 2020. <laughs> but Not this year, bitch. Yeah. I'm not fucking, no. <laughs> and I, I, but anything could happen at this point. Yeah, it's natural for humans to hope, but, you know, people have been looking up the sky and seeing comets and going, oh, shit, yeah. for thousands of years. Yes. Like, and, you know, we've just had another one. Weird stuff's going on. Like, you know, weird stuff is going on with the visible planets, mm. um, the shift of um, Jupiter and Capricorn out of an Earth cycle and into an air cycle. And this is part of a much larger kind of 200-year um, cycle. I don't get into those really massive cycles because I work with people. Mm. Um, they probably want to know what's happening in six months' time. But... <laughs> Um, yeah, right now is big. Like, you know, you are living through an amazing shifting time in the world. Um, big stuff is happening with um, social media and information and a shift from um, earthbound resources to data-based information resources, um, the rise of authoritarian governments um, and democracy being under pressure through the interaction of, um, you know, social media and um, voting and things. Like it's really big, complicated stuff. And um, if you're a fan of mundane astrology, um, yeah, it's it's worth looking into. Um, it's not all good news but – People are hopeful and I think on that really kind of small level and the connections that you forge with your community, mm. like your friends, your family, the the people in your neighbourhood and like that's the nuts and bolts of your day. Um, you don't really know what's happening in Africa or Siberia or Argentina. Like it's is literally a world away. Mm. Um, but the difference you can make is through those small interactions mm. with, yeah. um, you know, the people that, um, yeah, you buy your coffee from mm. and um, the kids over the road. and The yeah, hot the, guy at the juice bar we were talking about earlier. <laughs> mm-hmm, with all those cakes. Shout out. Yeah. And that stuff ripples too, you know, mm. like because then they have, you know, the person that you get your coffee from who, you know, I have quite a good banter with the person I get my coffee from and, and you know, she has a whole network of people that I don't know about, you know, and that. So we're all touching each other in that way, yeah. you know. And I think too when it can become too overwhelming, which it's very easy to do in this in this time, yeah, especially with social media, um, and you think that things are, are too much or hopeless, that you, I often, you know, have to tell myself, but I have said to other people, like, just stop and start here. Mm. Do what you mm-hmm. can in your community, in your tribe. That's all you can do. You can't, you know, necessarily do something to affect someone on the other side of the world, maybe, but um, you can definitely start with the garden, the park, mm. the neighbours, um, and, you know, with us witches, you know, with our, with our covens and also with our work. Um, or, you know, whether you're solitary or not, how we um, influence and work within community. I think, yeah, 
Absolutely. You know, that's it's, all we can do. I think, um, you know, there's a lot of um, emphasis on what's been happening in Capricorn this year, but I just think this this sneaky Neptune in Pisces and that sense of being overwhelmed by what's the- What's Neptune about? Yeah, what's he not about? Neptune's kind <laughs> of like, well, Neptune's- Deceptive, um, yeah. and he is about um, connection to oneness, and he's you know Pisces has some resonance with that sense of oneness and that desire to connect and transcend the um, physical body and spiritual experiences and kind of you know let go and attain that state of bliss mm. that we are all capable of um, if it wasn't for these pesky earthly bodies and experiences that are you know up in our face all the time. So. We're wanting to reach out and connect to something, but um, there's so much and, like, you miss the people that are right there in front of you and that's the illusory um, deceptive trickery of Neptune as well. Like uh, I think if, um, you know, you wear glasses and you rubbed... um, now I'm thinking beer goggles after you've um, left the (laughs) nightclub late at night and you think, oh, man, this scored myself a real hottie and then you wake up in that light of day and it's like, oh, well, not quite what I thought at 2am last night. Um, You know, like it's a different way of seeing a shift in your consciousness and I think that we can grab that back and um, take control of your consciousness rather than giving over too much power to like everything that's out there. You still have an ego and you can use that consciousness, use that intent to interact with, um, to be more discerning, to, you know, bring in the other side of that um, Virgo Pisces polarity um, rather than everything, do something, do one thing, do it well. One minute at a time, one breath at a time, one day at a time. I feel like that's the only thing we can do at the moment. Mm. <laughs> and be prepared for anything. As I left Toowoomba this morning and looked out across the mountains, I'm like, see you mountains, please be there when I come back next month. I ended up like, everyone's like, of course they will, they'll try. And then I was like, you never know. Like I would, nothing this year would surprise me. I don't know. I don't even, yeah, I'll, I'll take it anything at this point. Oh gosh, I'd put my house on those mountains. <laughs> they will be there I long know. after we're gone. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So, um, oh, you go no, for it. You go. I was going to ask about horoscopes and how I'm now reading my horoscopes for rising sign mm-hmm. because it because I know some of the functionality of what you're doing at least when you're yeah, cre- yeah. I'm like oh well that makes sense to my houses mm-hmm. <laughs> but is there still and now I've completely switched that but I'd never read any other really horoscopes but are there is there such a thing as sun I've heard heard about sun centered horoscopes but is that even easy to do because that doesn't make much sense. I think if you were doing a sun-centred horoscope, you'd probably be looking at aspects to the sun. But I I always, like you know, the, the way I go into a chart is through the rising yeah. sign and that's the layout that, um, you know, defines the houses yeah. from that rising moment. Um, if you don't know your birth time, you would generally put the sun on that rising point and then the houses would flow from there. So I, some, you know, you can do a moon-based horoscope. Um, I think the way people use horoscopes and, you know, the, personally the way that I look at my transits for my own chart, um, it 
to me, I want to read a horoscope that's practical. I want to be able to do something mm. with my transits. Like it's all very well to say, oh, yeah, it's, you know, going to feel blissful and, um, you know, spiritual on Sunday. And I'm like, well, in what way? Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, how can I, uh, who should, how can I utilise that? Yeah, power? should I get blissful and spiritual with my partner or, you know, play with my kid and have a, you know, nice experience there? Like, I want to do an interaction. I think, again, that's where witchcraft, um, you know, comes into. It's you a know. doing word. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I want to interact with these planets. I want to, you know, take what they're telling me and go, yes, I see what you're saying and, yeah, I'm going to run with it. Like you said before, like not, not you know, trying to swim upstream. Yeah. 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 Work with, with those big heavenly bodies. And that's the usefulness of going through the rising sign then because you can go, oh, that planet is is in that sign which is in my seventh house. Yeah. Yeah. Time to and be so it's more- time to concentrate on what's going, what that house is about. Yeah, yeah exactly. Okay. Be a bit more considerate of your partner in the case of the seventh house. <laughs> I know it's tiring. No, <laughs> not at all. He's a lovely Taurus so he's oh. very earthy and ground. He balances me out. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. Mm. I'm the, the storm in the teacup. And he's the big oak tree. Yeah, that's the beautiful thing about Tauruses. (laughs) Anchors. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And there's something good to say about every sign. I was watching an incredibly stupid series that I'm currently watching and these two characters got in the car and they introduced themselves and, hi, I'm so-and-so, I'm a Scorpio. And then the other guy introduced himself, I'm a Gemini. And I'm like, that was not a coincidence because <laughs> Geminis and Scorpios are apparently the most hated astrological signs. Really? I know. Statistically? <laughs> I think anecdotally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I that's actually, how I felt about fair, Libra that we're like boring. No, people love Librans. No, but I thought it was like. You're not boring people. <laughs> Just anecdotally. Okay. Yeah. It's like whenever there are like fun memes or like those great videos about um, what's his name? Ben does. Oh, what's his name? Which who? The the, the American comedian that the, he does the, the stars. Date, dating the signs. Is that the one? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's hilarious. Benny, Benny drama. Benny drama, that's yeah, it. I love them. They're really funny. Have you seen them? I probably have. Yeah. and he, yeah. His character but building is hilarious. It's so great. All those sorts of things. Liberals don't get any fun stuff. We're just kind of meh, needy well, in relationships. I will say, to be fair to that <laughs> to that anecdote, I have definitely heard a lot of people in my broader network say that they do not like Gemini's and do not like Scorpio. I've heard that, yeah. and that they can't be trusted, like things like that. I'm like, do you really? Some of my what are you talking about? They're ride or die. <laughs> they are. They really are. Yeah, yeah. but that's what I think about Liberals too. And you know, when she but that's the thing. One, At the end of the day, they're all it's great. All the chart, they like all said. they all have their challenges and their powers, and, and we're all very different. Like, there's obviously lots of nuance and subtlety within everyone's chart. So, no one's just a straight up Libra or a straight up Scorpio or a straight up. Is that Absolutely, right? yeah. yeah. And the, yeah, like my 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 son is in the seventh house in my natal chart. So, like that also, I think about that quite a bit mm. about how I find myself through relationship and especially like primary other relationship. And I always have, mm-hmm. like, that's just the way I roll. Yeah. So that really opened up. Like when I started to realize I am more than my son, like I maybe realized that like four years ago, <laughs> I was like, wow, cool. And then, <laughs> but it, it, it made it more multidimensional. Like mm. suddenly astrology seemed more real to me. 
Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Horoscopes are fun. I yeah, I, I write a- horoscopes. Yeah. Um because I'm interested in what the planets are doing, you know, any given month. And, yeah, like you're not going to get a hit off of every planet um, depending on your chart, but like certain energies will be brought to that house by the um, transit of the planet and the activity there. Um, it's worth following a good astrologer um, such as I, myself. I'm sorry to say, <laughs> you have to follow. It's true. Him. You're also very well written. So I was – put on to, to your mm. work by Fio and I now share them with everyone. Mm. And even, yeah, my partner will sit in the morning and I'll share it with him, I'm, you know, and it's there's always something to be found in yours. You're very, very good. Um, and practical. Yeah, practical. That's so we're like, look thing. at it yeah. and then like you would draw a card for the morning or, or you would do ritual and then you would take a look at things and go, okay. I'm going to take, I'm packing this with me today. Mm-hmm. I'm wearing this crystal. I'm fucking going to make sure I stay clear of that person. <laughs> and, <laughs> um, and yeah, it's practical knowledge so you can kind of put it into your daily work. So yes, you, people have to find you. How do people find you? How, what is the best um, way for them to contact you? I have a website, kimfairminer.com. I'm on Instagram and Facebook. Do the Insta. That's where you get the little readings that come up every every now and again. Yeah. I, I slacked off on social media a bit after watching that documentary, of course. Um, but <laughs> Which one? Social Dilemma. But there are some pretty interesting critiques coming out of that, I will say. Like I took the I took the took it in mm. and I thought, yep, great points. And then I read some really intelligent um, rebuttals, not necessarily saying they were wrong, mm. but going, mm, they all have agendas too. Of course. Yeah. Everyone's got like an everyone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so you have, I, like, I get a lot of your stuff actually on, cause I'm using Facebook all the time for work. So I get a lot of your stuff on your, um, I think it's Kim Fairminer astrologer mm-hmm. Facebook page. Yeah. And that's where I get a lot of those, but they're also on Instagram. What is your Instagram thing? I think it's at Kim Fairminer Astrology. I'll figure it out in a minute. He's, yeah. he's gonna. I should know that, shouldn't I? Yeah, that's <laughs> all right. We only just got an Instagram yeah. set up <laughs> after a year. Yeah. What was it? Thirty-five episodes now. Yeah. yeah. Yes, Instagram's fun. I like. Instagram. I really like Instagram. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, it, it is. It is Kim Fairminer Astrology. K I M F A I R M I N E R Astrology. That yeah. is it. Sam, and do you have anything sort of coming up? I figure mentioned that they had been to one of your workshops yeah. or your courses. Yeah, I periodically put on um, introduction to astrology courses. I have a moon phases course that I'm tiptoeing towards, um, perhaps term four um, for school term people. <laughs> <laughs> this is how I live my life now. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I'll probably do a 2021 year ahead thing. I've been doing that for a few years and it's usually, um, pretty popular and well received and it mm-hmm. ensures that I get nice and organized for the coming year. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, if you're on the social medias or you want to sign up to my email list, you'll, um, yeah, hear about it if you follow me. Mm. So, you know, to, to condense it all down, head down, stay out of trouble till mid November. Pretty much. Okay. All right. And Shit. look for new opportunities. I know it seems so long ago, 
so far away. But but it's not. Oh, really? No. It's not. Not for this year. No. Look, and there's a Mercury retrograde coming up from mid-October. So, <laughs> yeah, I know. You know for my that'll birthday, keep you, busy. you said, <laughs> before we started recording. Yeah. So Kim was like, when's your birthday? I'm like, oh, 12th of October. It's like, mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> The fun thing about um, your solar return chart, and that's the moment the sun comes back to the same position it was when you were born each year on your birthday, is it kind of gives you a snapshot of the year ahead. You get a new boss planet and... What's a, what, what do you mean? What's a boss planet? Oh, that's my very casual lingo for the perfected lord of the year. Um, oh, yeah, like sound they like. We're both like Hello. we were like, I want a perfected lot of the year, which I get every year. Yeah, you do, and you just don't even know it. But basically, that's a planet that um, is leading the way, and that you should, um, you know, pay attention to what it's doing. And and how do you figure that out? Um, there'll be diagrams on the internet that okay. you can print off. It's really easy, and even if you don't know um, your time of birth, um, you can do it from your sun and. Still get yourself a boss planet, and um, yeah, and you can even that. you know have a have an altar to the planet because um, yeah. planets like it when they when you pay attention to sure. what they're telling you, and so it's conversational. Yeah. Um. Well, like yeah. as animists, or well, I I assume most witches are, I hopefully are like the like like we honor and venerate that this planet is a living entity unto herself. Yeah. The others are too. Yeah. You know. True. So. Yeah, I see the the solar system and the universe as an, just an extension of my natural environment. It's yeah. as much nature as, yeah, exactly. um, yeah the, yeah, the ground here. Yeah, the the outside. Tree, yeah. yeah mm. I love that. Yeah. See, things like that, yeah, that makes a lot more sense to me in a way that I can approach it now. I, I, get, I was talking to, I do a lot of work with the seven planets just magically mm-hmm. and I was talking to a student of mine the other day about how you might want to try, if you get stuck with the, the Roman names, a lot of people go, because, you know, witches sometimes work with those gods and they get stuck. They're like, oh, Mercury, all I can see in my head is the god Mercury. I'm like, well, that's helpful, but why don't you just stare at the glyph? Mm. So I get people to print out the glyphs and just like meditate on them. And after a while they become internalized anchors for the planets. And for me, I will say for me, I'm very visual for me. That actually works. Yeah. Well, the glyph, like there are resonances between the the shape of the glyph and like Mercury's really quite, you know, know, his little wings on his head and stuff. So obviously there is relevance, obviously, like and even Mars and the spear with Aries. Uh I'm a bit of a nerd. So the Hubble telescope, and NASA, mm-hmm. when they're not trying to fucking throw everyone out and uh, pretend like there's new signs and bullshit, I do. I did know about that. That's not even NASA's fault, oh, wasn't it? No. I don't want. Oh, good. I don't want to blame them if it's not. No, like someone I, took something that they said and and created some yeah change. Okay, because I knew it was bollocks, but um, it does the rounds. Yeah. Like I was just thinking though in terms of like actually seeing the planets, mm. I I find them incredibly beautiful and mm. almost like heart-stoppingly yeah. terrifying at the same time. Space terrifies me. Um, <laughs> so I, I'm visualising the planet itself or actually being able to now we're so blessed in this time in history, the, the high-resolution images that we have of our solar system are insane. And if you haven't like – it's such a luxury mm-hmm. that we have that ability to see those things in space. So, yeah, I spend a lot of time geeking out at the latest images that come in. Um, so, yeah, maybe that would be a good way to focus on it as well. 
Absolutely. There's like ways into astrology that work for different people. And for some mm. people it's mythology, for some people it's, you know, the psychological take on things, mm-hmm. um, you know, having a fundamental kind of, oh, I guess, like foundational understanding of um, astronomy as well is relevant because back in the day where astrology came from is where astronomy came from. Yeah. Um, they were one and the same. They were. And then like advisors to royalty and all of that sort of thing and then mm-hmm. that the influence it had on the rating classes and. Yeah, yeah. definitely. So I love that. There's a fair bit of uh, history like uh, there's history, there's uh, philosophy. I just love astronomy. it. And the alchemist and the the um you know the John is it John Deere? Oh John yeah, D. John D. John D. That what was with Elizabeth and yeah the influences that that they that rulers uh, wasn't he took her him. like court astrologer? Yeah, but a, I thought a, it was William a, Lilly and William. John D. Was the magician? Magician. Yeah, after do some more of my research. Other. Yeah. But um, no, that's fascinating. Thank you so much you for so coming much. in and being with us <laughs> and letting me ask really silly questions. Um, I think you've inspired me to uh, to to go down the rabbit hole, as you guys said. Yeah. Um, you won't regret it. No. Well, as, as any good witch should, like I've known what sort of days – you're not, you know, and known enough about the planet to to try and, uh, you know, do your correspondence, you know, everyone's mm. done their correspondence chart at the back of your uh, Scott Cunningham Wicker book when you first start <laughs> and you work out you can't do that on a Tuesday and Friday's this planet. But I've never, yeah, I feel very guilty that I've left this this part untouched. So I'm very excited. So thank <laughs> you so much. <laughs> and um, hopefully we can have you back again. I would love to come back. Yeah, maybe maybe we'll, we'll have you in um, after that that change in November, and we can we can discuss the next the next oh, phase for sure. Yeah, we lovely. <laughs> thank you. Right, thank you, everyone. Bye. We lay upon the hill that lay beneath the wolf sky. This has been the Antipodean Arts Podcast. Music by Wendy Rule. The song is Wolf Sky.